Here we are, again, back at Drunk Art Review. I'm going to say welcome to Drunk Art Review, the podcast where everyone from teetotal to blind ass drunk is welcome to give their honest and holy fuck yes opinions on all forms of art. Oh, lovely. Yeah, right? I mean, who doesn't love that? She's Rosie. I am Rosie and this is Jenny. Hi, I am. This week... It's a little bit of a different topic, isn't it? Yeah, we're going, we're going a little bit heavier. It's a little bit, little bit darker. A little bit darker. A little bit darker. So, um, if you follow us on our Instagram, you'll know that. Our oh yeah, at uh, Drunk Art Review. Yeah, you'll find us all there. We like to keep things simple. Yeah, and that's what it does exactly. <laughs> I what say it says simple. It's so complicated with the most so many things. <laughs> but that's that's simple. That's very simple. Actually, let's let's tell them what we're drinking first, and then oh. we'll introduce our t- introduce our topic. Oh, then let's yes. keep it lighthearted, and then like, we're going to go into the dark stuff. This would be a fun pronunciation. So last week I had a I had a fabulous toga party. So good. Of course, you. I mean, you were there. I was I mean, there. Too. Yeah, yeah. We were great. We're in toga. You were like queen of the forest. It was amazing. Anyway, I had a an absolute crate full left of beer, nice. and um. So that's what I'm drinking tonight, and it's a uh, Sing Tao. Do you do you like a Chinese beer? I actually really love a Chinese beer. I don't like any beer. Oh yeah, I hate beer. Yeah. Just for anyone listening that's interested, um, I don't like beer. I think I attribute it to um, I grew up in a pub, you see, and I have this theory that maybe because I grew up around the smell of beer and like stale beer, like mm. when the pumps were changed, that maybe that put me off. I don't know. Just, I've just never liked it. Yeah, I can and see that. I mean, the beer I try, it all tastes the same. Uni houses in the morning, that's exactly what it smelled like, so I totally get that. There we go, exactly. Um, I do enjoy the cold beverage in my mouth. What about you, Jenny? I am drinking a out of the tin cocktail, a woo woo. Which is very nice, I believe, cranberry and vodka based, and very easy to drink. It's very lightweight. It's a bit hot to get rip roaring drunk this week. Fuck, now it's been hot this week. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so hot blisteringly hot. Like Satan's arsehole kind of thing. Yeah. It's a little bit like when you're, you you know, you're you're bunched up in your heat and you realise it's really hot and then suddenly like you you put your hand under your breast or under your armpit and you realise behind your knee, you realise just how fucking on fire you are. It's just sweat. Oh, it's just ugh. Oh, I sweated so much this week. I think it's great for my skin. It makes me look so young, but it also makes me look like a hot mess, so. <laughs> an attractive hot mess, though. It's yeah. Fine. They're saying like it's like the hottest day on record, but I always think that's a little bit of a lie, isn't it? It's like, you know, when they big something up, which isn't actually correct. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to believe. Mm. And, and someone on the radio was like, they were interviewing people like in London and like, Oh, you know, what do you think about the trains? It's like, well, they, the trains work fine in Spain. Like, why are they not working here? I think the problem with a lot of the ones um, in London... Accent, by the way. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, that was a beautiful accent. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, like, there was a track on fire at one point, so you can kind Whoa. of see why they had to cancel. What? Actually on fire? Yeah, the train line had caught fire. So I'm not being funny, people. So but you'd, so... rather, you'd rather be, like, alive than dead. You said that so casually, you're just like, there was just a train track on fire? Like, you know, if Armageddon's happening, it's happening now. You know. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Before we diverge. Yeah, so I'm I'm on a beer. I'm on Woo Woo's. Actually, um, this is my 
fourth beer. Yeah, I was so, drinking a little bit before you came. So prepare yourself, guys. Ooh. I'm only on my first drink, so. I'm fun. She's very fun. <laughs> um, so right, back to our dark, slightly creepier mm. um, topic this week. And we'd like to put a disclaimer out there. There may be subjects in this episode that you find uncomfortable. If you're a younger viewer, which you mm -hmm. really shouldn't be, considering the amount I fucking swear, yes, um, yeah. I would advise caution. And um, if at any point this makes you feel uncomfortable, we completely understand if you click off, because it is a bit of a touchy topic to be talking yeah. about within the art world. So. Uh, Serial killers in art. Yeah, um, whether, that is our that's our bag this week. So whether they make art or whether it's a serial killer featured in art mm -hmm. or anything, or kind something of, a little bit different. So yeah, I mean we've both picked items that we don't know what the other one's chosen. Uh, a bit like our first episode, but yeah, we're pretty sure that we haven't picked the same piece this time, so there should be no shrieking for our, our <laughs> avid listeners who have listened to the first episode. I feel, I feel so bad for anyone re-listening to that. I'm like, oh my god. Enjoy! <laughs> so yeah, Rosie is going to go first this week with I her, am. her piece. I am. I'm very intrigued to see what she has for me. <laughs> well, so the the whole idea of serial killers and art, mm. we can go anywhere with it. So I've chosen something really recent. Mm -hmm. Still very present and prevalent in uh, current history mm -hmm. and I think you're gonna know as soon as I say okay. but you might not know the actual story that has been linked with it and has okay. inspired it yeah I've got my pa my pages open on the wrong page so you have no idea still oh. <laughs> okay so let me maybe I'll, I'll start describing it to you so, yeah on May 31st 2014 oh recent yeah not very long ago mm -hmm. in now let me butcher this. Wakausha, Wakausha, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, I always have a problem saying Wisconsin. Uh, America. Uh, Twelve-year-olds Anissa E. Weir and Morgan E. Geyser lured their friend Peyton Lutner into the woods and stabbed her nineteen times Ooh. in an attempt to impress a fictional character, Slender Man. Oh, creepy! Right, like, um, you what know does that make them like right? thirteen and twelve girls? No, they were twelve. They were twelve years oh, old. Both twelve. Twelve years old at this point. Uh, oh, Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Lutner was twelve years old. They're all in the same school, right? I mean, do you know the story? I mean, do you know the whole idea of Slenderman? Yes, because I played the game once and then had nightmares for a week afterwards. Yeah, it really creeps me. Yeah, out. it's become this cult thing. That Super creepy. Was really massive for mm. many years. Did they make the film about him? I remember they were going to, but I don't know if they ever put it out. I think there's I think there might be something coming out. Oh right. But that's been like ages. Um however there was there's been like a few um sort of adaptations that mm. are quite similar. Um one with uh Jessica Beale. Right. If you've seen that I think it's like the tall man or something, you know, mm. something similar. But, but anyway, back to the story. First glance, horrific, right? Mm. I mean, I'm taking a little bit of a leap here, because, spoiler, Peyton Lutner didn't die. Okay. 19 stab wounds, she didn't die. She is a tough old girl. Yeah, right? 19 times, like... Can't imagine it. Yeah. 12 year old girls That's doing this. terrifying. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'll give you a little bit more background about Slenderman. Okay. And how, how, let me tell you how this all came about. Slenderman was created in response to this um, creepypasta photo competition. It was like a Photoshop competition in 2009. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Really recent, like 10 years ago. 
and it was made by a guy called Eric Knudsen. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he went, he had like a, a an internet name as everyone does in the two thousands called something which I did not research. Mm -hmm. However, that's not the point. Um, he created a photo which is really fucking eerie. I'll show it to you here. Black and white. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Black and white, it's a whole group of children with a uh, running away from a figure in the background that you only just happen to glimpse. I don't like that. That yeah. makes me feel weird. Doesn't it? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys can just find this out. Just search uh, Slender Man, um, Eric uh, Knudsen, um, and you'll, you'll it'll be the first image that pops up. Mm. It's black and white. It's eerie. Near enough, everyone is looking at the camera. And this image that he, mm. uh, he has is a found image anyway. Mm. And he uh, photoshopped um, Slender Man in the background. Okay. It was, a, it was a, a character that he created. It was very much based on mm. sort of H.P. Lovecraft's ideas about, you know, sort of spooky guys and things like that. Mm. But then, it, I mean, he won the competition and suddenly it just took off. Mm. And on creepypasta.com, I'm not sure if it's still a thing. It might still be. People would write and tell more stories and it would just build and build and build. I mean, in, mm. in our sort of uh, society nowadays, mm. especially on the internet, people get so enthralled by uh, stories and they write their own fan art and things like that. I think it's also a testament to the fact that, you know, in modern media as well, and this is something that's a completely different point, but to do with politics and religion and everything, is not to take everything at Mm. first glance because somebody might read a story about Slender Man like an experience absolutely but obviously Slender Man is a character and has been created he's you know he's become an urban legend but he began was created he was <laughs> he still was created so when you read something on Facebook that someone has shared fact check mm. so this probably doesn't do you know what I mean that yeah. kind of relates in a weird well, way well this is what I mean the whole idea of today is that you know we, we write these these fan fictions and we get wrapped up in the idea of something mm. and through that the belief comes. Mm. Someone might just jump in at any point and think they they read something and then they read all this other stuff and they love the idea of it, so they believe in it and it's that idea of believing in something that makes it real. Mm. I mean, you see that across the globe with so many things. Mm. But anyway, the whole idea with um, Slender Man was that he would abduct children and he would take them uh, to his mansion deep in the forest. No one knew where the for where the mansion was. Mm -hmm. You just would, you know, you would do something, and you would then wander out into the forest, and he would find you. And however creepy that sounds, there was always this feeling of comfort with it. Because okay. imagine imagine yourself um, as we all can, I suppose, as a teenager who you know doesn't necessarily have many connections with that, okay. with the outside world. They're um, deep into the internet, they're deep into finding connections through these uh, fictional stories. Mm -hmm. And then when they find a friend who they can share that with, they both get absorbed into it further and further and further, mm -hmm. right? Deeper and deeper into this sort of, almost, I mean, it is a, is a, is a kind of a psychosis, really. Yeah. Because it's devout faith mm -hmm. in something that they've created themselves, you know, or mm -hmm. like they believe in. So it's almost um, that, what is that term, you know, like all the people in France that dance until they died kind of thing, like that oh, group, yeah, yeah, group yeah. sort of hallucination in a sense, isn't yeah. it? Like they, people get sucked into it sometimes and people say that they believe in it as well, that the same thing happened. Mm. I think there's been lots of yeah, instances like, it over. Da dancing uh, disease, uh, it's like throughout history. Yeah, that, that and that I, I think there was something I was watching, um, a quick shout out to something that I watched online, BuzzFeed Unsolved. 
Um, oh, I with love Ryan, it. With Ryan and Shane. I love you, boys. <laughs> I'm a Shaniac, by the way, because um, I don't believe in any of that stuff. That's great. Even though it creeps me out, I don't believe in it. Oh, fabulous. Um, but um, they did that episode, and I don't remember if you watched it, and it was, um, they were talking about in a hospital, there was a woman came in, and she was really sick, and she died, and then loads of other people got really sick, um, mm. loads of the staff, the EMTs and everything, but they searched the hospital, they couldn't find any kind of um, bacteria, or bug, or chemical that could have caused all these illnesses, but like, one woman went into a coma, but the, what is it, the people that do the investigations, the medical yeah. investigations over there for the hospital to say if the hospital was safe or not, um, said that there was no trace of anything and deemed just, it like a group hallucination. But, this, God, it's but like then there was psychosis. A, but then there was a woman in a coma, so there's this debate yeah. whether there was something that they couldn't trace or whether it was this. So that's a whole other kettle of fish. Thing but, is, um, power it, of the mind does so much to people. That it that, that throughout history, if you start googling things, a lot of conspiracy theories I think are born off of that kind of thing, like yeah. that group psychosis or that group hallucination, that kind of sorry, that was <laughs> um, that group kind of thing. And it's a debate whether it was real or whether that was actually somebody believed something so much that another person then joined in. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I can no. see where it happens, doesn't it? You question yourself, I think. Absolutely. And I mean, you see it so much in like uh, sort of uh, medical trials too, mm. um, when they'll have, uh, you know, uh, sort of, you know, a designated amount of people taking the actual drug, another designated amount mm. of people taking the placebo. And so often, and um, it's weird, I was watching a documentary about it, so many times... Uh, the actual placebo will do just as well, if not better, because people have the belief and the faith, because it's the power of the mind, mm. which we can't even tap into. We have no idea mm. how much, you know, what happens in our mind affects the rest of our body. Mm. And, I mean, I'm, you know, I totally think it could do that to someone, because you're, uh, you're, you're tricking, or your brain is tricking your body mm. into doing something. It falls to the same thing with um, logic as well, mm. you know? Um, and that's exactly what's happening in this tale that I'm regaling to you. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, this image, right, was made, but what really set it apart, and I think what sparked a whole myriad of things that were attached to it, was we didn't want to go, we didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. And then it scribed, 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. And this, right, is absolutely connected to the whole idea in Victorian England with having sort of the retelling of Gothic literature mm. and, you know, finding paintings and finding uh, books and things that artists would make, mm. wouldn't say that they'd made it, but say that they found this in a vault mm. or they'd found, and all this wonderful story was attached to it, it had mythicism attached to it too. Because I think we go through these processes uh, sort of socially, on group, across, not nations, but... Um, Globally. Yeah, a social wave mm. of popularity yeah. about things. People get sucked into the idea yeah. of it. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, look at Tide Pods, for God's sake. <laughs> Stupid shit like that. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, we see this popping up again and again, and made me realise how uh, connected those two things are, was... Um, because so, ma so many places in England, they have these, uh, like, follies, mm. you know, like, buildings that have been deliberately ransacked mm. and, you know, broken down to make it look like a really wonderful, romantic, gothic, mm. uh, ghostly place. And on this site, Creepypasta, with Slenderman, mm. that's exactly the same thing that's happened. They've created something 
and then built upon it with this sort of myth and legend that people sort of jump into. Mm. So these two girls, they started reading about it and they were absorbed by it. They only had a connection with each other, a really, really deep teenage connection. They feel a lot more hardcore than a lot of uh, sensations that they'll have later in life because they're not used to it. Mm. You know, feeling something so intensely with someone else and, and feeling a connection when they've not felt that with other people. Mm. The whole idea was is that they were being visited by mm. Slenderman. Whether it was them talking to one another and bigging this up and this sort of psychosis of them like just wanting to egg each other on, or whether one of them was hallucinating mm. um, and the other person believed it. Because it started with um, Anissa, who really was the, uh, the ringleader of this mm. um, sort of pact they had. She was the one who discovered it and, and showed uh, Morgan. She believed that if they didn't do something, that Slender Man was gonna come and kill their families. So they had this barrier on the other side of it, like pushing them forward mm. towards doing something really quite terrible because they wanted to save their family. But I mean, when you talk about it like that, you wonder, it I mean, it's, it's a logical reason. It gives you an out almost. Mm. When really they should have been questioning themselves, like what is the outside world and where is my mind right now? But when you're that young, you have no idea. Yeah. You have nothing to relate it to, do yeah. you? There was a whole massive debate, obviously. When anything like this happened, people's addiction to online things um, and technology and, and not having supervision with it. And I mean, it doesn't all go this way. You know, no. it's, it's, it's a very, very small spectrum. But in this instance, they believed it so much that they organized a sleepover. They were like, right, no, this, is, this, is, this has to happen. We're gonna kill our friend so that we can become proxies for Slenderman, which means that they would be taken away from their families, but their families would be safe, and they'd be taken into the, um, the woods and they would live at the magical Slenderman mansion mm. for the rest of time, I suppose. I mean, on the outside of it, it's, it's always gonna sound ridiculous, but when people have so much devout faith and um, and they've brainwashed themselves into mm. really believing what's going to happen, mm. uh, they follow through with it. Mm. I mean, to talk about it, but to actually do the act mm. is a huge jump. Mm. So you really have to question like how far this idea of Splendor Man was really pushing them. There is a phenomenal documentary on all of this um, by HBO called Beware the Slender Man. And I mean, it can't be said more accurately, I think, with this. So I thoroughly recommend watching it. It can be a bit sort of wayward at times, but like with listening to me, I suppose it's quite similar. <laughs> oh, Leo! Has he got your shoe? Oh my God, Leo! Uh, <clears throat> Brief intermission, apologies folks. Yep. My dog is a star. <laughs> mm. So anyway, these girls, so wrapped up. Mm. They believed this was real. They had frightened each other into it. It was more than a ghost story. It was real. They wanted uh, this 
connection. They wanted something that was going to elevate them. It felt real to them. That's yeah, right. yeah. They they wanted to be part of something. Mm. Um, and as every teenager does, as every person does, I suppose, until they grow up and they realise that they can be a part of the world without needing this, uh, I don't know, like a knighthood, you know? There, there's always this need to be something really special mm. and that's what they wanted they wanted to be special and the only way that they could f- do that was to attempt to murder their friend mm. so they organized a sleepover anissa and morgan were like okay well uh, let's invite peyton over they were, and they'd, they'd known each other for a really long time mm. they'd all gone to the same school and Meanwhile, their parents all thought this would be a wonderful thing. They, yeah. And they had a really wonderful sleepover. There's actually photographs of them at the sleepover. Yeah. Um, and they had planned to do it that night. Mm. They were going to stab her in the throat and leave her to die and then go into the woods. Mm. Um, but I think it was Morgan who wanted her to have another day. They're like, we can't do it tonight. You know, let's just have a really good night mm. um, and we'll do it tomorrow. So they were like, okay, yeah. And they decided to uh, go out, walk out to mm-hmm. the uh, the play area, like the play park that was really close by. Yeah. Um, and they had some toilets there as well. And they were like, oh, well, okay. So the toilets have drains. Mm-hmm. And that'll be able, in, in, in a very sort of logical child-like way, they're mm-hmm. like, there's drains, that'll get rid of the blood. You know, there won't be much of a mess. And as uh, Peyton was just like, you know, off ahead, like, you know, walking ahead of them, um, I think it was Anissa showed Morgan that she had a kitchen knife in her, her trousers because she showed the handle. And she very memorably says, oh, God, this is actually happening, mm. like in the um, recanting, because you can see some of the... Uh, like the footage of the interviews. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just so sad and bizarre. Um, it's horrifying. Yeah, I you as well. Because you... They, especially Anissa, she devoutly believes that this is going to happen. But it kind of sounds a little bit as well that she kind of knows, but she doesn't. It, it, it's really bizarre. So anyway, Peyton's off ahead. Um, and they're like, right, well, we'll take her into the bathroom. And I think it starts with um, one of them, uh, like, shouting at the other to, to, like, hit her so that she's unconscious. Um, and somehow it becomes this frenzy. And they stab her 19 times, both of them. I suppose the adrenaline kicks in and they don't know what they're doing by that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact of doing that 19 times, I mean, <laughs> Peyton's on the floor, they leave. And they're like, right, okay, we've done our, we've done the deed. Now let's just walk um, into the forest. And they, they had this belief that they'd be able to walk all the way into so much forest. Yeah. But in reality... There wasn't actually that much. There wasn't right. very far to go. As an aerial view, the distance that they actually walked before Peyton was picked up on the road isn't far at all. Mm. And the, But the kids believed that they could have walked, you know, 50, 60 miles. Or, I don't know, maybe... I can't even remember. Maybe it was like 300. It was, it was something ridiculous. Mm. Um, to get to, like, the very depths of this wood. To uh, be then picked up by Slenderman. And this was, like, in the morning... So anyway, an officer gets called um, saying that there's a girl on the road who's been stabbed and you can see the, uh, the, the cool log for it. Mm. And 
he's like a 12 year old girl and he's like yeah a girl's been stabbed and he's like stabbed like because it just doesn't happen yeah in this tiny town she gets you know taken to the hospital and she luckily survives and then anisa and morgan get picked up because obviously they're covered in blood um and it's very unusual for Two-year-olds. Two twelve-year-olds to be walking along a road into the woods covered in blood. Mm. Then they get sort of taken into custody and it all transpires of what actually happened and they're sort of crazed delusion with it. I mean, eventually, uh, I think it was like in 2008, um, both of them, although it was it was going to be that uh, Anissa, who was the most delusional one, was going to only have 25 years um, in a mental institution. But that was bumped up to 40 years, uh, the same as Morgan, because there's just this real belief that they were deluded mm. and that they wouldn't be able to function function properly um, and safely in society again. It's just such a shame. Like, it, it seems so ridiculous because it's such a, such a young age. For it to be such a young age that they've ruined their lives mm. um, by jumping into something that isn't even real that was created by someone mm. else for a competition it, it kind of has the bizarrity that i think it's like i think we forget that there are a lot of people who aren't knowledgeable they don't see the bigger picture and... sheltered yeah they've got sheltered lives yeah sorry my dog is so distracting <laughs> There's going to be some great sound effects on yeah, this podcast, yeah, by the way. Yeah. If you can hear anything weird, it's not me and Rosie being strange. Mm. There is genuinely a beagle wandering around while we record, and he's adorable. I know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to spin this story. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, I mean... So, yeah. So that's it's the background. Not, it's, it's not a serial killer story. I did have serial killer stories because I'm a big fan. Not in a creepy way. I'm a big fan. I know a lot, but I th- I picked this one because I don't think people have heard about it. No, I haven't heard about it, but it's pretty damn creepy. Yeah, and it would have been, it could have been, and it might have been something that turned into something else. Yeah, and that's the that's the major thing with this. They could have become something. Yeah, and all of this stems from a photograph, mm. an artistic piece. That then spun out into so many uh, re- re- retellings, um, so many videos. I mean, they have like these whole series on YouTube about found footage, and I mean, it's fascinating. It's I mean, it's incredible to watch. And it's really fun. Like if you're, you know, interested in just like freaking yourself out or seeing some amateur footage, you know, mm. the fact that it's it went that far on two kids that were that young, and did something so horrible to one of their really good friends yeah i mean i just thought like this would be something that needed a little bit of light on and yeah yeah well, so so, it's an interesting one hmm. the uh i'm guessing the original will put the original image yeah up on the instagram so you can have mm. a look at what kind of spiraled all of this yeah um the thing is though too um which also made me kind of um interested to talk about it was the fact that at the end of uh, the HBO film, they show that there's actually like a massive cult mm. following for Anissa Weir and Morgan uh, Gaser because they all 
sort of believe in Slender Man themselves too. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? Ooh, isn't it? Oh, it makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's like, it's just this sort of uncontrollable spinning out because yeah. they actually did something. Um, so they're idolising the actions of these two children. That yeah. was insanity. Yeah. Oh. But, I mean, think about it. Think how um, so many people celebrate... Um, you know serial killers and murderers and you know people on death row and well, this that, fascination with it you know well that's the thing i mean there are there's actually a real niche market for because yeah. when i was researching for this episode there's a real niche market for artwork by serial killers on mm. death row and there's only around seven websites in the world that sell the pieces yeah. from the, because it's such a niche market but the that it's really bizarre um, I've seen so much, so much of it. Some it's of it's so creepy. Some of it is so weird when you go on and look at it. Yeah. Again, we urge caution if you're sensitive to these subjects because it's yeah, so I mean, peculiar. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jenny and I are a little bit. We like to see the world, so we um, tend not to uh, buffer ourselves or, or uh, what you call it, censor ourselves. No. Um, when it comes to like really looking into what makes people tick or what things have been created in response to something else. Very uncensored. But if you feel that something would be a bit too much for yourself, just don't don't go looking at it. Wait I, until you're ready to, because it will stay with you I know for many years. I know that creepy movies will give me nightmares. I am prone to nightmares. So I don't watch creepy films, so I don't seek them out. Mm. And there's certain topics I can't bear to think about because they literally make me cry. They yeah. literally make me feel sick when I think about them. And, you know, I mean... We're fragile beings. We should understand, like, what works for us and what doesn't, you know? You know. Um, like, we can talk about this, and it, it's... I think most humans generally find, have this morbid fascination. I think that's oh, yeah. something that a lot of people have. It's been, you know, people having their heads chopped off and hands oh, and yeah, stuff. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a weird morbid fascination with death, isn't there? I mean, think, look so at the Victorians. The Victorians were, you know, really into, like, the death practices. Um... And the belief in the magic of, like, the act as well itself. Like, they thought so, people with epilepsy would, like, survive or, um, like, be cured if they drank the fresh blood of a decapitated man. Yeah. And this happened all the way up until the 1900s. Yeah, I mean, this is... Like, in, it sounds like a long time ago, but really, in the grand scheme of the human race, that's not all that's that long ago. a blip. Ago. That's, like, that's not that long ago. So, mm. again, don't seek out dark stuff if it's not your bag, if you know it's going to affect you. I mean... Mm. Educate yourself on it, but don't go too deep. Yeah. Have a little bit of knowledge, but don't drown Just in it. Touch the surface. Have a little gander. If you're ready, have a little look further. But, you know, never never force yourself into something um, unless you know that the forcing is a good thing. You know, you've got to be comfortable, you know? Uh, a little bit of stretching's good. <laughs> Just we're, we're still talking about <laughs> knowledge here. We're not talking about anything else. I don't know why she said about slipping into something. For some reason, I thought about latex and baby powder. <laughs> but there we go. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah. My story is about uh, Anna Weir and Morgan Gaser and the Slender Man. Ooh. Not a serial killer, but oh. something could have come from that. It's just a... Those girls have made it away. Thing. Yeah. Their psychosis could have led to something. If it was Who un- knows? If it was unchecked and they were older with it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Could have gone anyway, couldn't it? Mm. So, yeah, that's 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 my story this week. Okay. I have gone for, when it comes to serial killers, when you think of, as a British person, let's say this, 
as a Briton, as, as a, a lady from Arcadia. <laughs> well, you know, in Great Britain, when you say the words serial killer, what's the first name that pops to your mind? Well, you're talking to an avid fan of many serial killers. <laughs> but generally, with the general public. Oh, you know, honey. Who would you think of when you say serial killer? <laughs> Who's the most infamous slash famous serial killer in England's history? Jack the Ripper! Exactly. Yes, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I, when I said it and you looked at me, I was like, yeah! So my story is surrounding Jack the Ripper and the piece of artwork I've chosen goes with that. Yay! So, Hurrah. Any, regale me the story. Oh, well, anybody, you know, most people have a basic knowledge of Jack the Ripper. So for three months in 1888, there were this spree of murders, essentially. Um... So during these months, five women were murdered and horribly mutilated by a man who became known as Jack the Ripper. Although some believe the true number might have been 11 because there were other murders and killings around the same time that hadn't been attributed to him, yeah. but could have possibly been him. It's it all a bit... the precision in the cussing. A, it's all a bit hearsay, do you know what I mean? There's never going to be... I mean, you hear people say, I've got definitive proof <laughs> that this person was Jack the Ripper. There is no definitive proof in this day and age. I mean, there's no way to prove it now, really, essentially. There's not enough evidence. But um, that's what makes it so magical, though. I mean, I know it's, it's horrific, but this is what I'm telling you. Like, time passes, you know, like, wow, it's the like mystery. It's, well, that's the thing. When people think about it now, people don't think of it with so much horror now because it's so old and it's a... It's a part of It becomes a story, history, which it? is really bizarre, isn't it? But, mm. like, if this had happened in present day, this would be terrifying. But because when we think about it historically, it's like, oh, yeah, it's well, a story. I mean, think about the Suffolk Strangler. Yeah. Like, that was only, what, like, you know, 15 or so years ago. Mm. Yeah, and that. and that's still like although they did make movies about it, even so, like singing like musicals. But it's, it, it's more horrific because it's yeah. more present, isn't yeah, it? It's a more absolutely. present day thing. Whereas Jack the Ripper was so long ago, essentially. Now we're not talking like thousands of years, but it was long enough ago that it's become legend rather than people think of it as a legend now more than more than an actual thing that happened. These women were killed. I mean, I believe most of them were what were considered sex workers, um, and. I did actually put a shout out to this earlier in the episode, BuzzFeed Unsolved. They do a great episode on Jack the Ripper. Do where, they? I haven't they, seen that. Where they visit London and it's... Oh, I, oh, I love it. Oh, Shane and Ryan, I do love you. Anyway, <laughs> so they do a really great episode where they visit all the places yeah, and yeah. things like that. There's anyway. only a few still standing, isn't there? Like, yeah. actual places. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so it was um, Whitechapel in the East End. Um, so, basically, Whitechapel in those days was kind of very slum slummy yeah. you know i mean that that's it was very there was not a lot of money there it was a lot of brothels drinking violence a lot of sewage yeah it wasn't it wasn't a nice place to live if you were poor you got shoved into Whitechapel, which i don't believe is the case now so oh no i think uh, it's very expensive to live in Whitechapel now highbrow i'd say now yeah. so the population was overcrowded um there was filth and refuse in the streets and yeah a lot of the ways to earn livings then was um criminal um you know, and, and pretty, yeah, for many women, prostitution was the only kind of way to get money. Well, I mean, um, they had, you know, that was their own wares, wasn't it? They could mm. sell what they had. Yeah. The murder spree started, they believe this was the first victim, yeah. as far as history knows, on Friday the 31st of August, when the body of Mary Ann Nichols, aged 42, was found in Bucks Row, now called Derwald Street, mm. and her face was bruised and her throat had been slashed twice and nearly severed. I mean, that's a yeah. lot of... That's aggressive, to mm. nearly, like, sever a head. Mm. I mean, we don't know, but, I mean, even just cutting meat, like... I mean, it's a lot know. of strength, yeah, to, like, you it's know. It's a lot, it's aggressive. 
and her stomach had been hacked open, slashed several times, and she was acknowledged to be the first of the Ripper's victims. Mm. On the 8th of September, the second victim was found. That was Annie Chapman. She was a 47-year-old prostitute, um, and she was found in a passageway behind 29 Hanbury Street. Her head was almost severed and her stomach torn open and pulled apart. Sections of skin from her stomach lay on her left shoulder and right shoulder, and massive intestines, mm. and part of the vagina and blood had been carved out and taken away. Yeah. Um, so again, that's... I mean, how fucking weird is that? I mean, see, let's be perfectly yeah. honest. No, no, we see, the thing is, like, back then they did not have the term serial killer. They didn't have the, the term, like, yeah. you know, sort of psychopath or anything like that. So they didn't really understand mm. the terminology of why they mm. would do particular things mm. as a ritual. That's what it was. So, and this then led on. So on the 28th of September, a letter was received at the Central News Agency signed Jack the Ripper, mm. which was threatening more murders. So this name them caught the public imagination, it appeared in the newspaper, and of course, I mean, what does it do? It feeds into mass hysteria, which is, I suppose, in a way, what we were talking about earlier, it feeds yeah. into a psychosis, into a delusion. So it fed into a mass hysteria. Um, so anybody, you know, people just carrying a black bag was attacked because somebody assumed they were carrying a body, you know. Mm. Um, you know, because a rumour had spread about how the Ripper carried his knives in such a bag. So anyone carrying this type of bag was attacked in case they were the Ripper, you know. Um, so, and then this then led two days later, so the 30th of September. I should add, there are questions, again, check out BuzzFeed on Soul's episode on this, whether the letter was real or whether it was something that someone had made up as a publicity stunt. Yeah, um, so many other letters were, like, sent in as well. Yeah. But I think that was one that was actually written in blood, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, um, so the 30th of September was then followed up with another two murders within minutes of each other. Um, Elizabeth Stride... Was, oh, I forgot it was like two. Oh, like, yeah, so quick, I mean, which man. is really weird when you think about it, and, the speed that he must have worked. And also, um, like, uh, almost kind of a little bit, like, manic or callous that to do two. In, and the in... daring of it as well, because the, the area was on high alert by this point, you know, the, because people were in such uproar and about it. And he just it. left the bodies out. He didn't yeah. cover them, he didn't do nothing, he left them to be found. He was displaying his work, you know. Yeah. This is kind of like a typical serial killer thing, isn't it? Quite mm. often they leave. It, like, it's the, they pri- it's the, the pride of it, you know. Yeah, so um, Elizabeth Stride was the first woman well, the third woman technically, again, also a prostitute, found first at 1am behind 40 Burner Street. Mm. When found, blood was still pouring from her throat and it seemed that the so Ripper had close. been disturbed in the middle of the killing because he hadn't been able to like do what he wanted to do. And then following this, at 1.45, the body of Catherine Edels, 43, was found just a few minutes away in an alley between Meter Square and Duke Street, now known as St James's Passage, mm. her body had been ripped open and her throat slashed. Both eyelids had been cut and part of her nose and right ear were cut. The uterus and left kidney were removed and the entrails thrown over the right shoulder. Again, the thing with the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Um, well, and it's, a, it's, a, it's the thing, it's like, he couldn't complete the, the ritual. Yeah, so he had to do it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, it's almost like a, a need, decision. It? it was like, I need to have this done. Ooh. I need to do it properly, have precision. It's kind of almost sort of this anal need to... And do exactly what you need to do, you know. For anyone that's interested, I've moved on to the white wine spritz, so I'm sorry if this <laughs> turns into a shit show. Anyway, a trail of blood led to the police to the doorway nearby where the message had been chalked The Jews are not the men to be blamed for nothing. For some inexplicable reason, um, the head of the Met Police ordered it to be rubbed out, so it and was it, destroyed as evidence. Yeah, I mean, and, and this happened a lot in those days, you know. I mean, they didn't take a photograph of it either, yeah. they had the cameraman there to take a photograph, didn't take it. Mm. He was like, no, 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 this is gonna cause more mass hysteria oh so 
there was now the double murder. I mean, we've already got hysteria going on. So then when there's this double murder, everyone's off their fucking nut. I mean, there was rumours flying around that, that he was a mad doctor, a Polish mm. lunatic, um, an insane midwife. There's so many different kind of stories mm. that started flying around. Um, another letter was then received by the news agency that received the first one, in which the Ripper said he was sorry he had not been able to send the ears to the police as he had promised. And Catherine Edel's ear, left ear had been partially severed, so that was kind of like trying to link into that. Mm. And then the final one that's actually accounted to the Ripper murder-wise um, was on the 9th of November, the Ripper struck again, and he killed Mary Jeanette Kelly. She was the youngest of the women. She was just 25, and apparently a very attractive girl, yeah. I've read in this article. Uh, she was found in her room at Miller's Court, which ran off of Dorset Street, now Deval Street. And Mary, or it says here, what was left of her, which kind of gives you a bit of a grisly image, um, was lying on her bed. The scene was in the room, was appalling. The rent collector who found her said he'd be haunted for the rest of his life. Um, her throat had been cut, her nose and breasts had been cut off and dumped on a table. Her entrails were draped over a picture frame and the body had been skinned and gutted and her heart lay on the table. Um, so you can't even imagine, it was like... It was a bloodbath, an, ex an explosive, ex like, Ugh. a splattering of blood, and you it's like walking into hell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just madness. Um, they depict the that really well um, in the film I was telling you about earlier, mm. um, when I was guessing what you were talking mm. about. I mean, she was having but a guess I, at what I was going to She didn't have. tell me, but I was guessing. Mm. Um, the film From Hell mm. uh, with Johnny Depp and a, a myriad of other really phenomenal actors mm. um, made in like, well, like, I'm going to be really bad with this, like 2000, 2003? Anyway. Something like that. Anyway, um, really, really well done mm. uh, as a, a film of that time. Mm. Um, but that end scene of being like found with like all that aggression and, mm. and blood cinematically I really recommend going to watch it I really think you should watch it like I, like, I mean you, I know you love Johnny Depp and I think this would just go really hand in hand just, with... it worries me if it's a bit creepy that I might it's a little bit creepy frightened. there's one moment that's like really creepy when mm. he's like stare when someone's staring at the camera and this transformation happens a little bit like Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde mm. Um, if anyone's seen it, you'll know what I mean. But, um, I mean, I can sit there and watch it with you if you yes, like. You'll have to hold my hand Yeah, like massive wars. <laughs> but the thing is, as well, uh, sorry, <laughs> see, it's called From Hell. Mm. But um, that's also depicted by um, the comic book From Hell, which is all about Jack the Ripper. Mm. It's a phenomenal, absolutely fantastic comic book. Mm. Put um, that on the, on yeah, the screen as absolutely. well. We'll shout it out. It absolutely is. Um, and it is by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell, who, if you, I mean, if you know, Alan Moore, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal when it comes to, uh, like, depicting really graphic stuff, mm. um, really, like, crazy, amazing, you know, things. Um, and also, yeah, the film was in 2001, mm. I think. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Okay. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the last victim. Um, and because of the public outcry and the panic, the... Chief of Police resigned. Um, Did he? Yeah. So and that's that was a lot to weigh on you. That was it? that was the last of the Ripper's victims, um, and then that was it. He sort of disappeared again. Very peculiar. Um, there's loads of conspiracy theories. I'm not going to go into them because this isn't the episode for that. That's not what we <laughs> oh, do here. We love conspiracies, but um, well, I mean, I am going to go slightly into a conspiracy theory with my choice of. <laughs> Please do show 
with my choice of artist and picture, which I keep accidentally closing, which is very annoying. <laughs> um, so the piece I've chosen is called Jack the Ripper's Bedroom, and it's by uh, Walter Sicken, and it was painted in 1907. So this is the piece. I'm showing Rosie now, and we'll put it up on the Instagram. Oh. It's a little bit eerie and a little bit creepy, so that's called Jack the Ripper's Bedroom. It reminds me of Francis Bacon. Yeah, it's got that weird, yeah. creepy vibe. So... Walter Sickett, he was an English painter and founder of the Camden Town Group, um, which was a group of post-impressionist artists, just to give you a background. Um, And apparently he was a very eccentric man. Very eccentric. Um, So he began producing work of um, this sort of seedy and unglamorous side of London after he moved there in 1882. Oh, Rose has given me that look. Where was the murders? In 1888, I believe. Where was this painted? 1907. That's where the conspiracy theories come in. Yes, so this is this is where the let me yeah I'm pretty sure I said 1888 earlier. You might have to fact check me up on that. But um, so sick as I said, he began producing um work of that darker like mis like you know the low life side of London where like oh. all the all the crime and the gore and the drugs and the alcohol. He began producing that side. He was fascinated with it. Oh my god. Um, and apparently it was no secret among sort of his fellows that he was um, fascinated with Jack the Ripper. Um, so he moved to Camden Town in the early 1900s, um, where his landlady told him that his bedroom had previously belonged to Jack the Ripper. How she knew that, <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> she was just like, ah, oh, you know, this this is this is Jack the Ripper's joint. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, give me a, give me an extra fifty quid. Yeah. So. <laughs> How, how she knew this or who she thought Jack the Ripper was, I don't know. She probably just had a weird bloke live there once. But she told this, she told Sickert that, that he used to belong to Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. While, um, so in 1907, he still lived there. Um, and that was when Emily Dimmock's body was found mutilated in her bedroom in Camden. And uh, Sickert then produced several paintings and drawings related to the murder which caused controversy in the media, um, but solidified his status as a leading realist painter. So he kind of like double-edged sword there. Um, how, how were the, how were like realist were these uh, paintings? I mean, when you go and have a look at some of Sickert's work, there's, there's a particularly eerie image as well, where there's a woman on a bed and there's a man sat next to her, like with his head in his hands, like hung over. That one I thought was really odd as well. So again, there's this series of paintings that he produced. The kind of, um, I mean, some of them are names like obviously to do with Jack the Ripper, yeah. um, like Jack the Ripper's bedroom. I think some of them have names that aren't quite as obvious, but they're all kind of alluding to this obsession Ooh. with someone. How do you spell his name again? So his name is Walter Sickert. So it's S I C K E R T. So yeah, go and have a look at some of his work. It's very. Oh yeah, no, I can see. I can see the real the realism with it, but also the macabre and mm. that kind of like grotty, dirty uh, this, use of. Um, and this is the one, the Camden Town Murders, I believe it's called. Oh no, the Camden Town Nudes. Mm. Um, oh, but it does. It does say Camden Town Murder as well, though. Mm. So that's another bit of an eerie one, and it's like a woman who's naked on a bed with her arm. F- sort of flopping over and a man with his sort of like bent over like almost in despair but she doesn't look like she's been murdered I mean that could just be someone painting a prostitute for example that's just you know and she's exhausted afterwards and he's regretting what he's done um but some people believe it could be again it could be something to do with Jack the Ripper I mean there's a lot of like underlying themes here yeah and I mean it kind of has that almost like eerie um sort of 
man over woman uh, um, dominance? For, yeah, dominance or foreboding or something. I mean, like, even with the eroticism of a woman being naked there, mm. um, the man, the man is entirely clothed. Mm. He's not even, like, a little I bit dishevelled. In that image that you're showing me now, um, another one, it's, it's strange because he's almost, like, inspecting her like a doctor in a way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's almost like... Yeah. He's off into the corner. She is full frame. Mm. Like, you're almost, like, looking in on uh, the scene from the door. Mm. But you don't have a shadow. Mm. You're looking... You, you know, you're the spectator mm. here. But the women are all um, real vulnerable as well. And vulnerable, yeah. You know, they're asleep or they're not alert. Yeah, it's quite eerie and stark, actually. Yeah. But um, I see a lot of impressionism in him as well. Can, mm. you, can you see that? Like... With the, the jostling of, like, the paintbrushes and everything, mm. the colour. I mean, like, I can see a little bit of Van Gogh in this. Mm. Which is really weird. There's always a... Oh. <laughs> Just compare Van Gogh to... I know, yeah. man obsessed with Jack the Ripper. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what led into these all these conspiracy theories that maybe um, Sickert could have been Jack the Ripper, or he might have been an accomplice, or, like, a fan that kind of knew who Jack the Ripper was, because of his kind of obsession with him, really, I mean, and the way he painted... That looks like a dead woman to me. Yeah, I mean, his work is is a little bit eerie, a little bizarre. Um, The image that I've chosen, um, I, like, when I looked at it, I mean, you can't really see any figures as such. I mean, there's a shape in the the centre that, you know, could be, but in my head I look at it and think it's a coat stand. Yeah. Um, it, It gives you that kind of, like, is it a coat stand, is it a person kind of shape? And there's no, like, I would say clear details, but you're definitely looking through the doorway into this room mm. and there's lights coming through shutters and window and everything's a bit distorted shadowy creepy really eerie vibes like this is kind of like one of those you know when you wake up in the middle you know wake up in the middle of the night for a nightmare and you've been in a creepy building in your dream it's like that kind of thing mm. it's like a building that you dream about and you would be able to get out of like creepy Ooh. nasty good I mean, like, potentially could be in, like, one of those dark zombie films, like, or in a zombie video game, go around a corner, so it's going to go, boo! It's almost like you don't want to poke your head around that doorframe because you don't want to know what's in that room. Yeah. That make, It's really uncomfortable, I think, when you look at it from that perspective when you know what the story is linked to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, when you... And that's the other thing, that shape in the middle that could be a person, could be... I, you know, people will say what they... I mean, have a look at it and see what you think it is but do you know when you um fall asleep and there's a shape in the shadows and you creep yourself out because you're half asleep and you're like oh my god what the hell was that so it's that kind of vibe um, like a night terror yeah, yeah. like you frighten yourself because you're like dozing off and you see a shadow and you think it's a human or someone creeping mm. into your room it's what the hell is that yeah it's this weird i don't know how to explain it you just it almost like because jack the ripper because he's that he's got that not idealisation, but because he's so infamous now, because he feels more like a legend rather than an actual real person that did these horrific things, he's almost like a bogeyman, because, like, yeah, you know, the bogeyman is a story. He's almost like like Jack the Ripper has become like a bogeyman, do you know what I mean? He's like Slenderman. Yeah. He's become... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's this weird, bizarre, but he was a real person Mm. that did real murders and killed real women. Now is an enigma that will never be... Uncovered. Ne- ne- will never really truly be solved, no matter how many people say they've yeah. got. Unless we'll some never really detailed, like, I did this and this is exactly what happened, like, diary comes out or something. But then you'd still it, need the physical evidence because yeah. that could just be made up. Yeah. You still don't know. From that long, just, that time period, it's hard to kind of, like, be cut and, mm. cut and dry, isn't it? 
So, um, so this image here is that that says um, this is Jack the Ripper's bedroom. Yeah. So it's it's school. called Jack the Ripper's bedroom, and it was painted in nineteen oh seven. I mean, um, it, it could almost be, um, especially when you're saying like with the hat stand or person. I mean, this could be theoretically like a really long corridor mm. or even like um, sort of a, we're, we're slightly closer with this. It's like a seat here. Mm. Um, I mean, it could like, even, because when you look at it like this, it could yeah. be someone on a bed because this yeah. looks like the end of a bed frame in front yeah, of that window. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it is, it's the fact that there are blinds there mm. um, that are dappling the light into the room. Mm. But when we when you say dapple, I mean, this is not a, mm. a romantic setting here at all. This is dark. This is eerie. dark. This is like looking, walking around a mansion or, you know, like a National Trust building mm. that has been shut off for a while. And they've boarded the windows yeah, up and there's yeah. like gleams of light coming yeah, through. Yeah, and you're looking over. Um, and all you see is this sort of almost like a room from the 18 or 1700s mm. that is just static and lost in time. Mm. That's kind of what it, it feels so weighty. Like that, it could be it could be this ominous figure at the end or just a piece of furniture. Yeah. It's but because you, when you know the thing linked to it, it makes it creepier, mm. I think. And as far as, piece, as a piece of artwork... Um, I don't think I'd want it on my wall because no. it's creepy. In fact, anything that we've mentioned in this episode, <laughs> as we are the drunk art review, we've—I mean—we've reviewed them. We've spoken a lot about the history and the, oh, yeah, the stories behind. Don't necessarily have to like it, but, but we talk about it. <laughs> we're talking about it, but there is no way in mm. hell that I would have any of these pieces of artwork on yeah. my wall because they creep the hell out of me. They're fascinating, but <laughs> you could not pay me to hang these up yeah. because I would scare the shit out of myself at two a.m. when I was going for a wee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's creepy. I do actually really like this piece. I it, it mirrors uh, it mirrors the realism, but it also mir mirrors like this uh, idea of impressionism that was obviously like becoming really uh, prevalent then. Mm. But to have a really dark version of impressionism mm. is really refreshing. Mm. Like I I've, I've not seen this guy before, which is quite rare. I like finding something new. Mm. It does remind me of Francis Bacon. Mm. It does remind me of. A hallway that I wouldn't want to walk down, yeah. like Woman in Black, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bit creepy. Um, it's a bit creepy. It's very creepy. <laughs> but I can see it transforming into um, concept art that we see today. Mm, you definitely. Know? Um, for like medieval games or yeah. anything like that. So I like it, but there's something off about it too. It's not entirely, um, com you know, uh, the composition is slightly off. Mm. Everything is slightly weighted wrong. Um, I mean, you, you you do the cross through it here, and yes, the sort of the cross through the the right top corner to the left bottom co corner. Yeah, there's a clear definitive line of where everything's flowing, mm. but on the you do it to the other side, everything's weighted. It's off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, even the figure doesn't look like you have a head. I like this painting, but it's fucking creepy. Everything is slightly <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is quite right, mm. which just adds to that. It's almost like it could be like a, a ghost mm. in the suit of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that was my choice in peace for the serial killers week. That's a good choice. So I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, I know Jack the Ripper is an obvious choice when it comes to serial killers. I'm so happy you I, did it. I think we needed a modern one and a historical <laughs> one. We threw them in together and I could not bear to do any of the really creepy death row ones because they freaked me out too much oh. when I read about them. See, I nearly talked about Albert Fish, but I was like, 
you know what? There's not really much artwork that goes along with it that is uh, like really prevalent for this episode. Mm. There's a there's a massive like following for him or anything, but I was because I mean, go go look at Albert Fish because really fucking creepy. Um, maybe I'll talk about that later. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> but I want I wanted to pick something that was like really present mm. and. I'm a bit of a maverick, I, you know, I like it when I get given a rule, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't actually that, but, no, no, you know, well, so that's yeah. the thing, we interpret the themes, and you'll get this, we interpret the themes differently every week, yeah. um, and I think that's a good thing, I'm yeah, because it means we get more fresh. to talk about, yeah, interesting, <laughs> right, I think we have talked long enough about our pieces, we have, it's been a good chat, I've it enjoyed has. listening to yeah. your, your, we learn so much about things when Don't we do we? things, Educational for us and for you. We hope you enjoy them. Yeah, um, I hope we hope you're enjoying uh, listening to us. Do you want to give us your recommendations, Rosie, this week? <laughs> I do have a recommendation. She has a recommendation. I people. have a recommendation. And as many of my friends and work colleagues would know, uh, I give out film recommendations like it's fucking breath. She's like... done it already in this episode. <laughs> I have. I have. You should check those out. From Hell. Both the film and the comic book, check yeah. that out. Wonderful. I mean, the comic's actually massive. Like, mm. it will take you a good two days to flick through. But this, I, will, I was going to choose something different, but because of you talking about this, it really made me realise that I feel that this should be my recommendation. Mm -hmm. And it's called The Nightmare. Oh. Right? Um, and though it's not necessarily about serial killers, Obviously, my thing wasn't necessarily about serial killers itself. However, um, this is such a good watch. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's kind of like a, a documentary, um, and they play out the scenes of people's own nightmares. Oh, wow. It's based on sleep paralysis. Oh, creepy. Yeah, yeah. So when you're saying like when you see something in the corridor mm -hmm. or you see something in the bed, this is that. Um, so it's based on eight people who experience sleep paralysis. A condition which leaves them unable to move, speak, or act, or react to anything. Um, it was released in uh, 2005, uh, 26th of January. So, I mean, it's a little bit old, but take my word for it. If you want something creepy, <laughs> and you want to hear people talking, if you like that documentary uh, idea with it, when it comes to a film, mm. um, and you want to see their dreams it as reality, mm. watch it. It's done so well. Mm. Um, and some of it is fucking creepy. And you know that you've had dreams like that. And some of them talk about how um, they've had like full-blown full conversations on the phone. And then realise they've been asleep. But then something horrendous happens while they're on the phone. Um, and they know that at some point this sleep paralysis is going to happen to them. And they're like, they go to bed. Um, and they're like, okay, well, it's, hopefully it won't happen tonight, and it won't. But because they, it hasn't happened, eventually there'll be this massive one that mm. is terrifying. Um, it's really fascinating. Mm. Really recommend watching it. Um, and also, I think it used to be on Netflix. It might be on Amazon Prime. I think it's quite easy to find. Mm. So, yeah. It is directed by Rodney Ash Asher. Asher? Rodney Asher. Um, it's an American film, really good, and I recommend. I mean, even Rotten Tomatoes is like, yeah, this is pretty good. Ooh. So yeah, that is my recommendation. Uh, that is The Nightmare. Okay. Um, 
Now, my recommendation this week is completely unrelated to anything <laughs> dark or creepy. It Yay! is bright and colourful and beautiful, and in fact, it was inspired by the fact that it was Rosie's birthday recently. And I bought her a piece by this illustrator. Oh, yeah! So I I've wanted got it right to. right here, look. Yeah, I can see. So she's got a piece of artwork up that I bought her. So I wanted to finish the episode because I thought we were having a very dark, creepy time. <laughs> yes. We're so dark. we're finishing the episode with something beautiful and bright and colourful and just, oh, it makes me happy <laughs> when I look at her work. So my recommendation is an illustrator and printer called Prince Johnson. Um, she does print stationery, different types of things, and she's based in Norwich mm -hmm. in the UK. Um, you can find her works at www.printerjohnson.com and she's got an Instagram which is Printer Johnson and that links to her Etsy account if you're interested in any of her yeah. work. Um, really reasonable price as well, as I know, because I've already bought Rosie some of it. <laughs> and um, I love it, it's amazing. Her pieces are just beautiful. I mean, the one I've got Rosie has kind of got that kind of like uh, what's the like the Day of the Dead kind of vibe to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful colours though. I know. I mean, that sounds really creepy, but it's like that. It's a lovely piece. But a lot of her work is really bright, colourful. There's a piece that I really love that has like vegetables in it. Mm. Um, yeah. So to, I'm just, I've gone completely off topic. I'm we've, happy for it. I've been talking it. about we've been talking about some dark shit, and I'm just. I like, mean, there's a skeleton over there in that picture. So I mean, it, it, it has it has some line of connection with it. I mean, yeah, in a way. But no, I was just like, nope. I like this artist. <laughs> I like her style. It's bright. It's colourful. It's right up my street. I'm finishing the episode with that. Literally nothing to do with dark. Creepy serial killers because, as I said earlier in the episode, dark scuffs like it scares me. I don't want to have nightmares. Yeah. I like nice stuff. That's okay. Like, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm recommending. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Like, you know, I I love dark stuff. I love bright stuff, and it's okay that I like both. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, whatever you like, it's fine. It's fine. So yeah, Jenny, like that is a fabulous recommendation. I love that I get to have that like in my living room right now. It gets yeah. to watch us as we do our thing. Creep the, but actually, he's not really a creep skeleton. He looks quite nice, doesn't he? He's quite friendly. Yeah. Yeah, Printer Johnson. Check her out, folks. Um. So, so yeah, so. that didn't mess up with anyone's heads too much. We did say at the start that you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a darker episode for us, considering with the previous themes. Well, we've we've gone a little bit dark in other ones, haven't we? A little a, a little dip here and there. I mean, um, there are some darker <laughs> ones coming up in the future. We do, mm. and it's gonna be fun, fun and exciting, and maybe a little bit erotic. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we are very happy that you dropped by, and if you stuck it out, we're also very happy too. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean. See you next time, I guess, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see you guys soon. Bye. Yeah, bye.